Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We're all in this together, my friends, and as we're recording this on April 23rd, 2020, 850,000 people have been diagnosed with the COVID-19 with about 47,000 deaths in the United States alone. So we're doing these special episodes because, first of all, we're all cooped up. We want to be in touch with each other, and then what else are you going to do? And second, if there was ever a time to separate fact from fiction, this is it, my friends. I mean, the way I see it, along with the COVID-19 virus spreading across the United States, we have another disturbing disease taking hold. I'm talking about misinformation. It's like a disease. It's infecting everybody. So for all of you who may be confused, and for those of you who may think you know better, we have a real expert with us once again to help us do a little myth-busting. I'm referring, of course, to our colleague, Dr. Celine Gounder, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Infectious Disease at New York University, and an epidemiologist, an investigator of infections. So welcome back to Science Rules, Dr. Gounder. Celine. Yeah. How are you doing? great to be here. I am doing okay. How about you guys? Well, we're good. you're, You're in the mix. You put on the personal protection equipment and you get in with the sick people, yeah? So thanks for doing this. And you're feeling fine. Yeah. I am feeling okay so far. So far. Wow. So far, so good. <laughs> All right. So today... The premise is that misinformation is spreading like the virus itself. We need to be inoculated to the most common myths that are out there about COVID-19. So I'm just going to run through a few of these, and I'm asking you to break them down for us, no matter how ridiculous they might seem. I'll silly the premise. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Dr. Celine Gowder, here we go. Major pharmaceutical companies are promising a vaccine by the end of the year. Is is that even possible? 
There is a group of investigators out of Oxford that is really trying to accelerate the development of a COVID vaccine. I think what we may see is that as part of studies of that vaccine, sometime in the fall, you might start to see healthcare workers enrolled into phase three trials. Um, so in that sense, it may be available. Is it available to a select few as part of a clinical trial? Is it available to frontline mm. health workers more generally? Is it available to the general public? You know, I don't think we're going to see something available to the general public that quickly, but to some of those other groups, it, that's certainly possible. What about a year and a half? I think by a year and a half, it's highly likely we'll have something available to the general public, but I don't think you're, you're still probably going to be facing some supply issues, mm -hmm. which is something, you know, a lot of people are thinking about right now. How can you uh, gear up and, and ramp up production really quickly? And, and one of the concerns is that it could mean decreased supply of other vaccines because you're switching over uh -huh. production facilities from one to another. Oh boy. Pedal to the metal, you guys. So it's possible, but uh, just longer than a year is what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I think for the average person, yeah. longer All than right. a year. Here we go. This is a good one. Are 5G mobile phone networks causing the coronavirus to spread? Yeah, no. Yeah, they are. They, you heard it. Not... She said it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, no, 5G cellular communications technology is not causing the coronavirus to spread. It may be helping to spread conspiracy theories about the coronavirus. So yeah, no, 5G is not causing the spread of coronavirus. All right. Can you make your own sanitizer, hand sanitizer? Homemade. You could, but results will vary. Um, results will vary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might end up with this gloppy mess that you're not going to really want to use. Um, and it's really important to get the concentrations right. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to be using an alcohol or making your own alcohol-based hand sanitizer, the actual alcohol that you want to be putting into that is a 99% um, isopropyl alcohol. Things like vodka are not alcoholic enough, uh, you know, and so... <laughs> They're not alcoholic enough. <laughs> Vodka will not. Sadly. And plus, don't waste it. I mean, even bad liquor, don't, don't, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not, not going to work. And, you know, I, I think my, what I fear is that people will go out and buy stuff to make their own and then they don't like the results. And then all of those ingredients are wasted. And honestly, the raw supplies we need to make, you know, the hand sanitizer you'd buy at the store, we need those raw supplies to make that stuff. Um, it'd be better. Be better utilized by somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, I, I, like a, a chemical engineer who's got the process figured out and it works. So you have the right, right amount of alcohol and the right amount of gooeyness so it sticks to your hand and is usable. Let me ask you this. What about hydrogen peroxide? We had another expert on who said it works very well. It does. Again, you have to look at the concentration. So that's one piece of this. You know, and then you just want to be careful about... Um, you know, a lot of these things are very drying to the skin, um, so to, to pay attention to that as well. Uh, by the way, uh, alcohol comes general isopropyl generally comes in seventy percent and ninety one percent. Doesn't seventy percent work? Doesn't it work okay? Well, you'd have to use it pure without mixing anything in, and that's oh, I see. When you're going to make drying. your own, when you're going to make your own. But if you wipe your hands with seventy percent isopropyl, I think it's like a pretty good start. 
right? It would work. It, yeah, it just your hands would really suffer from using that. All right. On a side note, one of the reasons soap and water is so effective against this virus is the, the outer layer. Is that true? The lipid layer. Right. So the lipid layer, that's what soaps do is they basically break up that lipid layer um, and help to dissolve the the virus in the soap and water. And the other thing to remember with soap and water is you also get the benefit of friction. So literally physically washing something off, not just trying to kill it or dissolve it. Wash your hands, people. All right. Speaking of um, alcohol, how about drinking uh, alcohol? This <laughs> I know it's become very popular, uh, but are there people who really believe that if you drink alcohol, you'll be safe or it will kill the coronavirus? <laughs> well, I think alcohol has always been popular. Um, I don't know that the coronavirus has made it more so, but yeah, you know, you have to think about where is the alcohol going? It's going into your digestive tract, you're digesting it, you're metabolizing it. Speaking of ingesting things, the malaria drug, gets all this mm -hmm. attention right now, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Does it work? Is it of any value? What happens? So the data we have so far on hydroxychloroquine is mixed, but definitely on the more negative end of things. And it appears that this is actually a drug that can be quite harmful. This is a drug that can cause cardiac, so heart arrhythmias, abnormal heart rhythms, and we have actually seen people die as a result of those abnormal heart rhythms. And one of the challenges with COVID patients is you really don't want to spend more time in their hospital room than necessary. You really want to limit essential staff to going in and out. And partly it's to protect the staff, partly it's to conserve personal protective equipment. And so what that means is the cardiac monitoring that you would want to do. So basically you would want to do an EKG every day to be monitoring the heart rhythm. We're not able to do that. So you're not really able, unless somebody's in the ICU, to monitor these patients for those heart arrhythmias. So it's really a dangerous thing to be doing. Okay. So summer's really coming. Summer's on its way. Is anything going to change in the summer? Is coronavirus can't live in hot or cold? Is that a, a true fact or a false fact? That's a joke, everybody. True fact's a joke. <laughs> no, a true fact is that you don't need the true. All right, so. Well, you know, here's why we have fewer coughs and colds in the summer. First of all, you're, you know, we're not in school or students are not in school, so they're not all, you know, close together. Um, more of us are also outside. We're not in close quarters, indoors, around each other. So it's normal to see cough and colds and flus decrease in the summer, um, but it's not because the summer, the temperature, the humidity is actually killing the virus. It has more to do with how we're behaving. So everybody keep that in mind. Just because it's summer doesn't mean the virus is going to die. We'll be back right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. 
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Uh, Celine, this is, this is just cool. She's shooting these down. Uh, as you know, on... Uh, Science Rules Coronavirus Edition. We have a great tradition of voice messages. And we uh-huh. have one right now with a question. Uh, as we say, we used to say, roll that tape. Now we'll say, roll that digital recording. Hey, Bill. Colin from Ontario, Canada. Somebody said that the sunlight kills the virus. So outside, you're pretty safe. But according to the WHO website, it does not. Just would like some clarification on that. Thank you very much. Bye. And by the way, the WHO, for those of you unfamiliar, is the World Health Organization. This is not the rock and roll band, the WHO. You don't want to be fooled again by, by the WHO. Because you know what I'm talking about, Celine. I'm talking about <laughs> talking about my generation, my generation, baby. Your generation. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Your generation. everyone. That's a little bit of a dad joke, an Uncle Bill joke. Sorry. Sunlight, ultraviolet light, does it kill the virus or not? Dr. Gounder. Right. Well, ultraviolet light does kill the virus. It's actually one of the strategies we're using um, to extend the life of some of the N95 respirator masks that we use in the hospital. It's really a question of um, intensity and duration. Um, So if you're just standing outside on your porch um, and you have coronavirus, I don't know, on your skin, is it going to kill that coronavirus? Probably not, um, because that's just not long enough. So, uh, yeah, we had this other expert, Chris Gill, and it was it's ultraviolet C. It's the very high energy ultraviolet. Uh, and so if you have the masks in that high energy ultraviolet, it uh, will kill it pretty quickly. So if you're out in the sunlight for a few hours, he suggested, it's probably the same as a few minutes in the ultraviolet blasto thing. What is this thing where if you drink hot liquids, hot liquids will prevent infection of coronavirus? Is that, is there anything to that while we're myth busting? Yeah, I wish. Um, I wish it were so simple. I mean, I, and I know people are desperate for answers and solutions here, but uh, sadly, you know, you might end up burning your tongue or your throat, but um, drinking really boiling hot liquids is not going to help you kill the coronavirus. It's just not going to work, you guys. Enough with the magical thinking. No, 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 does not work. All right. Uh, We're going to wash our hands. (laughs) We're going to wash our hands. Do we need to wipe down our grocery bags or groceries or any product before we bring it inside? Do we need to wipe it down with alcohol or peroxide or something? You know, I think if it makes you feel better, um, 
I think the things that might be worth doing, you probably want to wash your produce no matter what um, with some water at the very least. And that's not just for coronavirus. That's, you know, for other things um, like E. coli and pesticides and so on. I think that's always good practice. You know, in terms of what I am doing at home, honestly, I'm not going crazy with that stuff. I do, um, you know, when my husband brings in the groceries, I put everything away and then I wipe down all the counters. You know, if you really want to be vigilant, you could probably wipe, wipe down plastic packaging and anything that comes in a metal package as well with some sort of household cleaner and, and paper towel. But honestly, I'm not doing that personally. I just don't think the risk is that high. There you go. The answer is probably don't need to, probably. And so what makes you, if I understand this, what really makes you sick is other sick people, right? That's, that's what gets you. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. And then, and then is that environment around them contaminated? You know, so if somebody is sitting at their desk at work and they're sneezing all over their desk and then you come over and you pick up the phone on their desk and make a phone call, you, you know, you could get it from touching their phone. Or their 5G um, phone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how a 5G can transmit. Yeah. We're grabbing the other guy or gal's phone. No, so, so what about holding your breath for, was it 10 seconds? Yeah, if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds, that proves you're not infected. But come on, people. Really? Really? <laughs> well, some people don't have shortness of breath. Uh, so that's not really a good test uh, for, you know, those those folks. You know, not everybody gets a fever. Not everybody gets um, cough. So it really depends on the patient what their symptoms are. And, you know, there's no one symptom you can say will we'll diagnose everybody. So let me just say, thank you, Celine. Thank, first of all, thank you. Holding your breath is not. But you guys, as my parents remark so often, both parents at different times, common sense is not that common. You just can't count on it. You guys holding your breath for 10 seconds does not mean you don't have coronavirus, for crying out loud, nor does it mean you do. And drinking booze does not kill the coronavirus. No, people, come on. Uh, what, if you, what if you take a bath in alcohol? No. Hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> what about homemade cloth masks? So I think those are a great idea when you're going outside the home in terms of you protecting other people. Um, one of the really difficult things about this virus is a lot of people who get it don't realize they have it. They don't realize they're carriers. They may not even feel sick at all. And so wearing those cloth masks, you can prevent yourself from infecting other people. You're protecting the, the rest of, of society by doing that. And so if we all do that, we actually all protect one another. So I think that is a great idea. So you guys, you know, there's these protests in certain states here in the U.S. are getting a lot of uh, coverage. People are the showing, news media are showing the protests on television. Now, okay, many of us celebrate our First Amendment rights, our right to free speech, our right to gather in public. You do not have the freedom to infect me. In the same way, you do not have the freedom to dump your garbage on my front porch. That you're not allowed to do that. In that same way, you are not allowed to run around without a mask, 
when you're closer than two meters or six feet. You're not allowed to do that because I have rights too. Yes. I think the number one myth is that coronavirus is a hoax. I think that myth really needs to be dispelled. It is not a hoax. It is it real. It is killing people. And, and if you're listening people. to this broadcast, there's a very good chance you have not been killed yet. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we're not broadcasting to a yeah. bunch of zombies. <laughs> and they are trouble, man. Let me tell you, the zombies are trouble. So uh, about the hoax, this virus was not created in a laboratory by mean-spirited chemical warfare people. No, it was not created in a lab. It was not engineered in a lab. Um, and this is something that a number of uh, virologists and molecular biologists have looked at. You know, there are, if, you, if you're looking to synthesize something like that in the lab, you're going to see certain hallmarks of that. Um, and that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing something that has evolved from other viruses that are, that are out there in nature. Um, there is some question as to whether this could have leaked out of a lab by accident, not that it was you know, generated in a lab. Um, and that remains to be determined. Um, and that's currently under investigation. As compared with the wet market somewhere in Asia? Yeah, that's right. So there is some debate as to whether... A lab, kind of like the NIH, you know, has its lab where they're um, studying different viruses. That there might have been some lapses in their protocols and procedures, and that that somebody maybe got accidentally got infected and took it out into the community that way. Wow. Well, this just from an evolutionary standpoint, viruses have been co-evolving with all of us, all of us mammals for millions and millions of years. And if you wind the clock back far enough, billions of years. So sooner or later, viruses stumble on a pattern that's really harmful to us humans in particular. Now, let me ask you another technical question, um, which uh, is not a myth so much as, but when this thing rebounds, when we have the second wave, will it be with a virus that's not as deadly in other words, if you're a virus and you want to be successful, if you had agency, if viruses could make decisions, you don't want to kill the host because then you don't get uh, transmitted, right? So is it there a chance that the second bounce of this thing will not be as deadly as the first? I don't think you're going to see that kind of adaptation happen that quickly. I think in subsequent years, um, we might uh, by then, hopefully, we'll have a vaccine anyway. But um, I think the concern is, one, in states like Georgia that are looking to lift social distancing right now, you may see a peak in those states that's even higher than the first coming soon on the tails of, of lifting that social distancing. And I think the other concern is um, where you see a transmission again in the fall, that those peaks could also be higher than the first. So we're probably looking at a a potentially worse situation if we do without social distancing come then. Oh, cool. So you guys <laughs> stand Sorry. together, stay apart. Stand together, stay apart. Thank you again, Celine. Our guest today has once again been Dr. Celine Gounder. She is an assistant professor of medicine and infectious disease at New York University. She also does a podcast, everybody, her own podcast called Epidemic with Ron Klain, the former Ebola czar. 
She knows what she's talking about, people. And if you want to join the conversation, you know, we have a tradition here at Science Rules Coronavirus Edition of getting your voice messages. You can join the conversation by leaving a voice message. Tell us your experience with the pandemic. The number again, 201 472 So here is another one of our listeners who's going through this. Hi, my name is Christy from New Mexico. And like everyone else, I am a grocery store employee and a university student. And it's been real weird to be employed in a grocery store and try to <laughs> study. Like everyone out there, I hope that you're all okay, happy and healthy, and we're going to get through this somehow. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. And messages like that remind us that not only do we need to trust and accept the advice of people like Dr. Gounder, medical professionals, we all rely on people like Christy, people who deliver the goods. And when the vaccine is created, which it will be in the next couple years, people like Christy, I hope, will get it first because those are the people that are running the show right now. So thank you, Christy. Thanks for your good work. Thank you, Dr. Gounder, for your good work. My friends, I'm Bill Nye, as you know, and this is a pandemic. Everyone on earth is involved here. We are all in this together. And so more than ever, science rules. Thank you. Now, if you like science rules, and I hope you do, please take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. It helps us out. It helps us learn uh, who's listening, and it helps other people learn about the show. So thank you. And Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. The show is produced by Stephanie Karayuki, Dan Bloom, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor is Tracy Samus, and our engineer, once again, is Luz Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks once again to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, science rules. One more thing, everybody. Well, three more things. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Thank you. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.